0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Football is back on this Thursday night. Fantasy Sports Today as we get you ready for all of the action in the NFL, college football, and some baseball as well. Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
1: This Sports Today. Toward the end zone, it is caught! Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! Fires up the middle, pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. Oh! roll! <laughs> pass is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Toss to
2: Welcome in fantasy sports today, Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia as we get you ready for week seven of the NFL season, week eight of the college football season, and of course the American League Championship Series continues today. I am Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia and our producer Sean Guastamacchia here on this show. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizapia 17, and uh, here we go. Thursday night football is back, should be a good one potentially, maybe some good college football as well, also headed toward... This week, we'll dive into it all. John Lobb will be with us coming up in just a little bit. Joe, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition as we get ready to close out the week and get ready for another fantasy week and uh, a rare week where, with all the bye weeks going on and it seems like a lot of injuries have taken hold here, uh, we've been pretty clean, I think, over the last few weeks. We've kind of known who's going to play and who is not going to play, although there have been some injuries but what's worse in fantasy is when you don't know if your guys are going to hit the field or not. And certainly with some huge ramifications going into Sunday night and Monday night, some decisions could have to be made early.
3: Yeah, look, it's it's definitely uh, starting to stack up that way. There's no doubt about that. Last week, obviously, the girly news, you know, that kind of traveled off in a bad way. But after the first month of the season where we seem to lose at least two quarterbacks every week, things seem to get a little bit better there. And we're starting to get guys back, actually, which has been uh, exciting. But... Now we've got some issues with Alvin Kamara right now and how they're going to handle that will be fascinating to see, especially against a really good defense in the Bears and whether or not it's smart where they say, hey, look, we've won a bunch of games. Maybe this Bears game isn't winnable anyway on the road. Maybe it is. We'll find out. But if they rest him and then they come back really strong in the second half of the season with Drew Brees, maybe that's enough, especially considering some of the teams on that schedule. But you're right. There's definitely some injuries here. But in terms of positives, the fact that Saquon Barkley is looking good, I think that's the biggest takeaway right now in fantasy, because when you're looking at getting the number one overall player back, that is a huge swing in leagues for teams that have him and for teams that potentially have traded for him when he got hurt. So this is really going to make a big difference, not just in the daily fantasy world, but the season long as well.
2: All right, so uh, let's start off with the Packers because we dove into this uh, a little bit on Tuesday. And here we are on Thursday, and it's gotten even messier from potentially where we were talking about this. Uh, It looks like uh, Valdez Scantling is going to be questionable for this game. Geronimo Allison is also going to be questionable for this game, and Devontae Adams is not going to play. It's Aaron Rodgers, okay? So the potential is definitely still there for 250 yards and a touchdown or two, and the question is who is going to suit up and get this action? And as we talked about on Tuesday, Joe, every single fantasy league that I'm playing in, 12-team league, 15-team league, guillotine league, Alan Lazard has been picked up in all of them. So at this point, I and mean, even in my dynasty league where he was just sitting on the waiver wire, somebody threw $2 at him. So I guess the question is, is that is he the number one wide receiver in Green Bay? I wish I would have gotten him. I didn't get him in any league. But, man, I mean, I, I mean, it seems to me this guy could be in for a massive game on Sunday.
3: He could. It's possible. They also signed Ryan Grant, who is a veteran wide receiver who's bounced around to a bunch of different teams. And I think he's capable now, whether or not he's capable of ingratiating himself with Aaron Rodgers quickly. We'll find out uh, that seems to be the biggest problem is Aaron Rodgers confidence level. And like you said, you pointed out, I think it was even on yesterday's show when we did the waiver wire, Lazard seemed to be the guy, whether for better or worse, by default was the guy that Rodgers just wanted to throw the ball to because he just lacked confidence in everybody else. And Aaron Rodgers need to get over himself and figure that out because it's not going to be a formula for success as the season goes on. So to answer the question, yeah, if you have Lazard, you look at all the different options you have there um he is I think more of a hold guy than a start guy unless you are absolutely desperate I don't think it's a great play and I do think the Raiders are going to be competitive in this football game too especially with the injuries that the Packers are dealing with now with that Devontae Adams now MVS so don't overlook the Raiders in this one because the Raiders are fresh off a buy off a big win they are getting the ball to Josh Jacobs more and uh, they just locked up one of their tight ends here uh, for a couple years which is a real feel-good story in my opinion yeah, I'm
2: I'm all in on Lazard. If both those two guys don't play, I think he's going to have a monster game against the Raiders on Sunday. Uh, I'm starting him in every fantasy league. If if those two guys are out, if Allison and, and Valdez Scantling is out, and assuming Devonte Adams is, I think this guy is is uh, is going to be a monster on Sunday. A lot of catches, a lot of a lot of yards, and maybe even a touchdown. I don't care what the Raiders are throwing out there. Um, I mean, Rogers is still an elite quarterback in the league. No matter what they're doing, they may run the ball more. But when does Aaron Rodgers not throw for 200 yards in a football game? That's going to happen. Well, He always throws tough.
3: for 200, but he hasn't thrown for more than 240. Only one time. And that was the one time they lost this year. I don't I give a question. I don't
2: give a bleep if if he know throws for 200 yards and they have no receivers. And this is the only guy he is going to catch five balls for 60 yards, which is PPR three right now. Nope. in you right.
3: You're right. Look, I'll tell you what. I would rather start Cole Beasley this week than him. Uh, another PPR kind of wide receiver just because of the confidence level and because we don't know. Maybe Dallas does show up. Maybe they just go so heavy with the running game and Jamal Williams is the guy that ends up catching the ball 10 times. I'm not saying what you're what you're talking about isn't possible. It absolutely is. And as a flex play, I get it a lot more than as a wide receiver three play. But at the same time, if this guy was so good, where the hell was he before this? Why? You know, I mean, A lot of times that happens where you, you see oh, this no, guys. Oh, no, he may not they be have good, they but have there's no one else, Joe.
2: If they have no one else on Sunday and you're not advocating him as starting on your fantasy team, I think that you're making a big mistake. I mean, no. no one else, if they don't have their top three receivers and
3: this guy is playing, you don't think this guy's going to go five for 50 in this game? I think five for 50. If he gives you five for 50, I think you're very happy with that pickup this week on a 14 bye week. I think you're very happy with that. But only if those two I, guys I, are I out. agree
2: with you. I, I think you take If those two guys are out, right. I throw it all away. If those I, two guys if out. If I'm
3: sorry. If, if
2: even if Allison plays in this game, I completely change my opinion of it. But if I go into Sunday and I see those guys inactive,
3: I am putting this guy in the lineup for sure. Uh, no no clarity I mean, on the range of these guys to Darius Shepard, Jake Kumaro. I mean, it's not like if they have so many guys. And I guess my question is, like, why? What was it about this guy all of a sudden that, you know, was, was the, about, difference? Like, the, the difference? Like, why was he is, the guy is Aaron
2: Rodgers? And he's just as much the head coach as the floor. That's it. <laughs> OK, that's a fair assessment. I mean, assessment. It, I I mean look, if, if Peyton Manning wants a guy to play, then Peyton Manning is going to throw to the guy that he wants. I mean, we have saw that in the past. And so and Tom Brady, the same. Um, You know, whoever these guys have as their favorite target is going to get targeted. And, and I think that if this it, it's clear that this guy that Aaron Rodgers likes this guy, Lazard, and I had never heard of him, but I will say this. You're down to nothing. Someone has got to catch the ball and someone has got to score. It may not be the game script that that plays out with the running backs, but it will with this receiver. He should be 100 percent owned in every fantasy league right now, in my opinion. Uh, and by the way, the Raiders, even though they may be good, they are certainly not great and they can give up their fair share of uh, of yards through the air, as we saw against Chase Daniel a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Rams running back situation is also a very big mess. We may not have clarity on this one until Sunday at one o'clock Eastern. Malcolm Brown didn't practice. There was a report yesterday that Todd Gurley is getting closer to being healthy, but also a chance that he does not play this week. It's too late now for uh, for Daryl Henderson. If you don't own him, that ship is gone. If this guy is the only running back for the Rams this week, he's a must start. He's a must own and a must play, Joe.
3: Yeah, oh, well, absolutely. Especially if Gurley is out. Um, I'm always concerned about the Rams workload of running backs and how much they commit to that, especially in a game with the Falcons where you imagine this game is going to be high scoring and going back and forth. You would imagine Jared Goff and everybody gets back on track. It's hard to imagine. They don't considering how bad the Falcons defense has been. But um, I I also wonder, too, I wonder if you could start Henderson even if Gurley does play in this game as a flex. You know, if Brown is out, I think that's the other thing you have to strongly consider. And knowing that the Falcons struggle mightily against running backs who catch the ball in the backfield, uh, that could be a role that Henderson actually fills this week. So there's a lot of upside there.
2: Could be, could be. Henderson, to me, is the one name that I'm circling in fantasy this week because if, for some reason, this guy, and look, we don't know if it's going to happen, but if this guy gets 15 carries... For 100 yards and a couple scores, this is a game-changing player in fantasy. These are the kind of things that win leagues. I don't know if it will happen or not, but I certainly have my eyes very, very closely on this guy this week. All right, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. Coming up next is the opening drive. Joe and Craig with you. Don't go away.
1: Dailyrodo.com. fantasy sports today presents first place from scrimmage the opening drive the first play of the game from the opening play and all the way for a touchdown
2: it is the opening drive on fantasy sports today it is thursday so football is back we've got the broncos and chiefs coming up a little bit later we'll have a preview of that game also some Propositions for tonight, the spread, the total, the players, everything that you want to get to. Also, John Lobb will give us a college football preview coming up this week. But let's get started with first down. And in the opening drive, got to start off with the retirement of Brock Osweiler. Wow. Osweiler got paid off that one season where Peyton Manning was down. Congratulations to him. He retires a very wealthy man. And you know what? I look back on it now, and yeah, he'll look look—he'll be looked at as a bust, and yeah, wherever he goes, everyone will remember him as that. When he's doing his appearances, certainly people will shake his hand and think, oh yeah, there's Brock Osweiler, the guy that got paid and was a bust, but good for him. The guy was able to make something out of that career. Uh, he was able to convince a couple of people off of half a dozen starts that he should be a star. It's not the first time, Joe, that it's happened in the NFL, and it won't be the last.
3: No, it absolutely isn't, and I remember one great Brock Osweiler game beating the Patriots in overtime a couple years ago, and man, was I pissed about that. And I remember Brock Osweiler being the savior of the Texans. Remember the narrative of, well, if DeAndre Hopkins was that good with Hoyer, who was so bad, imagine how good he'll be with Brock Osweiler. Well, that never came to fruition, but he did cash in on over 40 plus million dollars in his career. And I'm telling you this right now, Craig, and I'm sure you'll take this deal, too. I'm going to lay it out here for you right on the line. I'm going to give you 40 million dollars. But people call you a bust and make fun of you the rest of your life. I'm at yeah, peace I'm with good. that. How about you? Yeah, yeah.
2: Me, me too. How I'm about
3: definitely. how about $20 million?
2: I'm definitely good with that. You know what? Listen, he could be, Dan Orlovsky, who is now an incredible analyst on television calling the NFL. Dan Orlovsky did not have a good NFL career. When people talk about Dan Orlovsky and they show that clip of him running out of the back of the end zone, that's what he's known for. And he knows that. But you know what? He's taking that all the way to the bank. So exactly. I, I guarantee yeah. you that I'd be good with that as well. Uh, second down, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. Joe takes a picture with a fan who then decides to whack him in the face. One of the more bizarre stories that we've seen this year, Garrett then, of course, went on social media and said it's going to take a lot more to take him down, obviously. But one uh, of the weirder stories that we've seen, why take a picture with a guy to
3: only whack him in the face? Why not take the picture as you're whacking him? What Shouldn't be a video? so you have it on video? Very like that, strange. Like, the whole thing is bizarre. I, I don't understand. Are like, you sure he just wasn't like an Italian guy came out and he was like, hey, you know, and he slapped him around because like everybody in my family does that all the time. That's just it's, normal. I, I think it was your kid's bus driver. Don't start me on the bus today. It could have been. The bus that doesn't show, the phantom bus, it doesn't show up. That's why I'm in a mood today. But seriously, I mean, this is the most bizarre thing. First of all, anybody who like hops out of their car to take a picture, I'm already kind of standoffish. And this is why some athletes get bad raps about this stuff, because they have to deal with weird people all the time. Weird, inappropriate people. They want to pull over, stop, get out of their car. And if I'm Miles Garrett, this kind of already puts me off. And then you're going to hit me in the face and people wonder why oh, the athletes are jerks. They don't want to, hey, you know, take a picture with me or they want to sign my kid stuff. You know what? Look, if they don't want to do it, that's up to them. If you ask them nicely and they say no, they have the every right to say no about these things. And this is why, because people are jerks and people do weird things. This makes no sense to me. Why would you pick a fight with Miles Garrett? He's got the reach of like, I don't know, like of, of George Foreman, for God's sakes. I mean, he's one of the strongest guys out there. I, I wouldn't punch Miles Garrett in the face. No, that's the understatement of the year, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. The whole thing did not make a lot of sense. I would punch Aaron Rodgers in the face. I feel pretty confident I could take Aaron Rodgers. Just Uh, saying. Okay, well, I
2: don't don't think so.
3: I could take Aaron Rodgers. But Miles Garrett, no way. No, I'm not not picking that fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, I am am a stickler about uh, guys giving autographs and taking pictures. I'm very big on that and very anti uh, them denying it. But these are the kind of stories that when they happen, you can kind of understand why. Uh, But if, if they're on a field or they're at a game, or It's after a game or before a game or spring training, and I've seen this play out before. I can't stand guys who deny. Uh, and whether I don't care if it's adults, kids, whoever. I mean, you're getting millions and millions of dollars. I don't care that you're asked a billion times. I think that you should sign every autograph and take every picture. That's just uh, the opinion that I have. Uh, all right, so the American League Championship Series was rained out yesterday, Joe. They'll play again tonight. So this is a good reset for the Houston Astros. I think that this puts the Yankees in a world of trouble, now having exactly
3: all of their pitchers at full strength. Uh, I mean, I would assume that it's a must win game for the Yankees today in the Bronx, Joe. It's got to be. Oh, absolutely. And the wind's blowing everywhere here right now. I don't know what's going to be a game time here, but there has been absolutely ferocious winds. So I don't know if it's going to maintain all day into the evening. I mean, we're talking garbage cans blown all over the place here in the New York area. So all I can say is, I don't know if it's gonna be blowing out or blowing in, but that could have a big impact on this game. So definitely check that out too. But you're right. We're in a spot here where the Yankees are definitely back win. against the wall. And I'll tell you what, I'm really excited about the prospects of of an Astros National Series because of those pitching matchups. When you can throw, and I don't know if I ever remember this, three Cy Young caliber arms on both sides, that's that's an incredible thing. There's been some really good pitching matchups and some one-offs and some guys who have stepped up and become guys during a postseason. But we're talking about Corbin, Strasburg, Scherzer, and on the other side, Verlander, Cole, Greinke. Six guys who are Cy Young, ace caliber type pitchers on any team. That's that's pretty incredible. Do you ever remember no, something potentially stacking up like that? No, I don't. Usually you no. get like two, maybe two and two at the most, but not six total. I don't. And
2: o- the other thing that should excite uh, fans and for baseball, if if that's what moves you, is the fact that with that also, you would assume the games will be very fast and low scoring. So the idea of having to stay up until one in the morning to watch these games, I think, will be out for this series at least for the first three games. So uh, I'm very excited for it. Look, it, it looks like Houston has a massive advantage now in their series with the Yankees, although. All it will require is this one win by the Yanks to get right back in this thing today. So we'll see what happens later tonight. It should be an exciting one. The World Series starts on Tuesday. All right, fourth down. uh, The XFL had their draft yesterday. Now, I went through this a little bit uh, on my old show on satellite radio where they had this draft and they had this other league and I was being forced to talk about it. I was being forced to get into it. I, I fought back massively on it. Uh, I, I At the very beginning when they announced the league, I said it was going to fold. I think we're wasting our time talking about this. But no, uh, I was I was forced into the situation. And I'll never forget the day that they canned the league that I sent the text. What did I s-? And I never send a what did I tell you or I was right? Never. But in this situation, I did. I was like, I told you we were wasting our time with this extra football league. Nobody cares about extra football. It's the same thing as propping up minor league baseball as the equivalent of major league baseball. No one's going to care. It's washed up people. So, Joe, if you want to have at this, have at it. But I am not doing the XFL. I am not doing it on this show. You want to, I, I would never take content out of a show that you've, that you've worked so hard to put together. But feel free to discuss anybody that you want because, again, we're down a road here where the first name on the list is a washed-up NFL player, a washed-up AAF player, a washed-up player in general. I, I feel bad for these guys because they have to keep going, and obviously they have to make a living, and
3: I'm never going to disrespect the hustle. But this is a complete waste of time. Uh, well, now I know how you feel about it. I, honestly, I was just throwing it in there because it was something in sports. And usually fourth down, we do something kind of more of the novelty. But this is a, joke, well, novelty. League, this but is a joke, man. I said, novelty? these football leagues are a joke.
2: And you know what's going to happen is there are going to be some cute people who think that they can build content off this. It happened with the other league. Also, we were having the coaches on and Steve Burrier and the Orlando Apollos
3: and the whole. And I never bite back on content whenever I'm told to do something. That's what I do but and that's why that, you're now and and now after that I told you so text now you're stuck working with me at a different network. there it is that's what, was, what the result was you see like, what happens and, when you And I and falls. I was, oh, and, I was
2: and, and, and you know what <laughs> happened was I fought back so hard that I was the one host the one show that we really didn't have to do it but that, like, here's, that here's, was here's, the only I was right text the of all of 2019 because that one I was so certain that it wasn't going to work and, well, and, and, and by the way part. with the xfl they can have all the money involved in it also no one is going to care man well right? that is one
3: thing there's here's a couple differences with the xfl Now, i'm i'm not disagreeing with any point you're making at all i think they're you're you're 100 right on all of them so let me let me preface it by saying that uh i did watch the xfl documentary with, with a 30 for 30 which was fascinating and i do remember at the time the xfl kind of getting off to a wacky hot start and I remember kind of going, well, this is kind of weird. And you were watching it because it was part football, part freak show. I remember. Yeah. And 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 it was a very different, it wasn't what you were talking about, which is minor league football, basically, or whatever that is. And, and I, I'm not of the mind that spring football can't work at all. I'm of the mind that the only way it can work is if they practice and run teams for a good year before they start playing games. And that was my big takeaway from that documentary. Because if you go back and you listen to what everybody said about it, it's like they had some talent, they had some people in there, but the problem was the structure in place just failed, which is kind of what happened to the the recent spring football league, that the structure wasn't sound enough, right? And I think if you actually really took it down to the base thing and said, hey, let's really worry about football. And you had them scrimmage, you had them play practices, you had them really not throw it together quickly, but really had them work these things and then went to TV with the product, which I know is asking a lot. It's a long time to wait. I think there's potential that football, like we said yesterday on, on the show, is so popular you could make it work. Yeah, I'm not saying this isn't going to be a disaster, but the problem is nobody wants to have the patience to do it correctly. I,
2: I, I just, I don't think that this is, it is worth, uh, you know, 10 seconds of my time. Well, we now. spent two minutes. So and we, we, we did. It was just now. two minutes, I'll never get back. So that's fine. Uh, <laughs> all right. Coming up next, let's we'll get to the NFL. Is the wrong team favorite? We'll dive into these games next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia.
2: Do you want two risk-free wagers of up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you will get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the Chiefs minus three and they beat the Broncos by seven, you'll receive seven times your stake. Wow, that is pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code, GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Eligibility restrictions apply. You must be in New Jersey to qualify. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, it's that time of the show, and it's that time of the week where we go through is the wrong team favored in the NFL. Now, before we get into this, Joe, I'm going to give you a little piece of advice before you make your selections. Just as a reminder, in the NFL, road teams are covering and in the NFL at almost a 64% rate against the spread and underdogs are covering at nearly 62% in the NFL in 2019. Now, one thing has nothing to do with the other. The trend may certainly change this week and all of the favorites may end up winning, but I just wanted to provide this information to you before we begin this segment and then you can do with it as you wish. Are you ready to go?
3: I love this segment. It's my favorite thing that we do. Okay, so take some underdogs, please, this week, okay? Well, look, last week I didn't want to, but I wasn't wrong about a lot you of did them. Very, you did very bad. I, I did not do very bad last week.
2: Very bad. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> Awful. Are you we, keeping
3: track of these? I,
2: I, I keep, yeah, I go into it and I keep track, I do. What did I blow last week? Almost all of them. I got Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> and, then, and, you got, and, you, and I think the Saints in Carolina, and you got the rest wrong. Yeah. All right. All right, so, so again,
3: take take some dogs. Here. All right. All right. At at least two. I Usually, in all fairness, I usually do take some dogs. I did not like last week's slate. Okay. okay. Well, and and again, it it doesn't matter what you like. The numbers are not lying
2: this year. The underdogs are covering yet again in the NFL. Okay. All right. Let's go. If you don't take two, I'm going to just going to tell you now it ain't going to go well. Okay. All All right. right. Here we go. Giants minus three versus the Cardinals. There's no home field advantage clearly in this game because they're giving the Giants. uh, They're telling you that it's minus three. That's what you get for being the home team. Giants minus three against Arizona is the wrong team favored in this game.
3: Yes, I think the wrong team is favored. I think the Cardinals are starting to play a little bit more, some confidence there. I think Patrick Peterson coming back is going to be a, a, is is a good positive trend for that defense. I could certainly use some more talent on it. So that's a positive. Now you're getting Saquon back too, but I'm curious to see how effective he's going to be in this game and how much they will push him out of the gate. My guess is if he's on the field, it's going to be regular Saquon. But I do believe in Kyler Murray's ability to make plays, and I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. So, even though I think the Giants could squeak out a W here in a close game, I do think that the Cardinals will cover. So there you go. There's your underdog right off. The there mat. it like is, that? right off
2: the bat. Plus the man, okay. I feel so yeah, much I,
3: pressure. God, you're such a bully.
2: I you're points. To, you're a points bully. You're a betting bully. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think the Cardinals are a, a bully? shot at this one. Oh. On both, yeah. <laughs> all right, so the next game here is is one that I'm just going to stay away from because if there's one team that I've been completely off on all season long, it's the Vikings. When I take them to win, they lose. When I take them to lose, they win. This week, this line has gone back and forth, and and as we are doing the show right now, it is Vikings minus one at the Lions. So that's the current line. A slight favorite at Detroit could end up being a pick and who knows The Vikings could be one and a half or two by the time the game kicks off. But for now, we have the Vikings as the favorite at the Lions is the wrong team favorite.
3: Yes, the wrong team's favorite. Lions are going to win this football game because it basically is a pick em right now. And I think the Lions are pissed off right now. And I think they're going to take it out on the Vikings. Vikings have played very well, but they've played two defenses that have some holes in them. And I think this defense here with the Lions is going to play them tough. I think that building is going to be fired up. I think the Lions are starting to believe that they can compete with everybody. And I think they take out their aggressions on the Vikings this week. Going to be a close game. I agree. I, I understand why it's one, but I will take the Lions here. I think they can win this football game and I think they will. So there you go. That's two. you bully. There it
2: is. I'm going to take the Vikings, which means I'll be wrong, but I am going to take the Vikings this week and I just sure, see that I'll them, be
3: right. Perfect.
2: Yeah, I just see them as the better team. Um,
3: yeah, they are and, the better in
2: Detroit, but, but again, but you know, I've been wrong team. on Minnesota all, all year long. Uh, I, I did say at the beginning of the season that I thought Detroit in the first few games would get off to a good start like they always do and then fall apart. I'm going to stick to that prediction, but this will be the changer right here. This is the one. If Detroit ends up beating Minnesota, then that narrative of that falling apart type team that they do every season, it will be incorrect and they will be a good team in the NFL. But they have to win this game. If not, this could go south in a hurry. Jaguars minus three and a half at the Bengals. The Jags have certainly come back down to earth for sure. And so has our guy Minshew. The Bengals seem to be into letting teams go up big and then scoring a late touchdown to cover the spread, which they've done already twice this season. But simply
3: put, is the wrong team favored in this game? Jaguars minus three at the Bengals. No, and I'm not going to overreact to last week because the Saints play good D. Let's be honest. Fournette's going to run amok in this game over the Bengals. Minchu will get back. There's nobody on the cornerback side to stop DJ Shark, whereas last week they did have that guy with the Saints. So I think this is a, a gross overreaction if people aren't buying right back into Jacksonville. Minshew's played very well on the road this year. So absolutely the right team is favored here. and I think the Jaguars win this one by more than three and a half.
2: Yeah, I, I think that this would be a team that I would I would also agree with you here. I, I think Cincinnati looks in the mirror now, understands that it's over. And their best bet is to lose the rest of the season. No team would admit it, but I think that they're in that situation. Although if I was betting it and I was, I would probably buy a half point because this game could be a three at the end. All right. Uh, boy, this one is tough. I, I think this could be the toughest game, honestly, on the board. Uh, Rams minus three at the Falcons this week. Ugh. I mean, this screams to take the Rams. I got to tell you, Joe, I am not going to do it. I am not going to take the Rams in this game. I think the wrong team is favorite in this game. I think the Rams could be cooked. I am very worried about them after watching that game last week. Uh, I don't think Atlanta's is good at all either, Joe. But I, I, there's no, I just couldn't take the Rams in this one. It, it would be either a no play for me or take the Falcons.
3: I'm going to take a lesson from my good friend, the wise Craig Mesh, and say which one of these teams is really playing for something here. And I think the Rams are really playing. I think the Falcons were playing for something last week and the week before that, and they're just toast. I think the Falcons have already folded up the tents. I think they're done. The Rams just added Jalen Ramsey. The Rams look at the schedule, as we did, I'm sure, and say, hey, we can get to 10 wins. If we get to 10 wins, we can still make the playoffs, even though we think that they might get to 10 wins and not make the playoffs potentially because of where they put themselves behind the eight ball. I think the right team is favored here. I think the Rams will win this football game because at the end of the day, the Falcons can't stop anyone. And they've played some inferior offenses and can't stop them. The Rams will rebound. The Rams have too many weapons. The Falcons are hot garbage on defense. And at the end of the day, that's the difference maker. All right. Uh, Tennessee minus two against
2: the Chargers. The Titans looked as bad as any team in the NFL did last week. And then the Chargers looked worse on Sunday night. So go figure this one. Wrong team favorite in this one, Joe. Tennessee minus two
3: against the Chargers. I'm running away from this game, but I will play the game. I have to. Can we just skip this one? No, I, I think the wrong team is favored because I think the Chargers are the better football team still. And I will always take the better quarterback. And right now, you're asking me is it Tannehill or Phillip Rivers? I will always take my chances with the better quarterback in these kind of coin flip games. So, yeah, I do think the wrong team is favored, but it's not a game that I feel very confident in. At all. So I would run away from this game. Run far. Yeah, hard, 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 hard pass. Hard pass for me. And I'm moving on. Seattle.
2: This is an interesting line here. Seattle uh, minus three versus the Ravens. Okay. Why is it weird? Seattle for the last decade has had a significant home field advantage over teams. And they've looked pretty good this season. But this is a very fishy line for them to only be three point favorites against a team that doesn't look that great in Baltimore. They're basically saying that these two teams are dead even and it's Seattle minus three. So they are
3: dragging you to Seattle, Joe. That's the way that they want you to bet this one is to take the Seahawks. Which way do you got? Which way are you going here? I think the right team is favored. I do. And I I think the reason why the line is what it is, is because you've had a loss at home already this year with the Saints, who we've seen as a defensive team can go on the road and really shut people down. Look what they did to Minshew last week. They did it to the Bears. Like they've been very, very good. Uh, defensively for the most part this year they've given up some big games here and there yeah the first one out of the gate against Watson wasn't good but overall especially on the road they've really been road warriors there and on top of which I think this is a lot of respect for Lamar Jackson and how much of a game wrecker he can be at any given moment there were a lot of designed runs for Lamar Jackson last week I'm curious to see if that carries over if that was a unique game plan because I think he's even more dangerous when you don't design the run and he just runs amok um I will take the Seahawks, though. I think that the right team is favored.
2: Yeah, I'll take Baltimore. I think the line is telling you that it is Baltimore in this one. I mean, I don't know why Seattle's not four or five-point favorites in this one. And so that tells me that the right side is Baltimore. So I'll roll with the dog in this one. Uh, Bears versus the Saints. Bears are minus three. And this, this line catches some people off guard, too, because people think, wow, the Saints have won so many games in a row, and Teddy Bridgewater looked solid. Uh, but unspectacular, obviously. And even in the first half of that Jacksonville game last week, you didn't do anything. Bears are off a bye week. They're at home. No favorite, basically, in this one. Just give the Bears their three points because they're at home. Is the wrong team favorite in this game?
3: I think they are. I think the wrong team is favored. I, I don't know how or why, but I just feel like the Saints are going to find a way to win this football game because they seem to be able to do that <laughs> with a regularity in games where there's very tough matchups ahead of them. They see the tougher the matchup. They seem to get up. And then it's the other games, like when they play the Bucks, where you go, what the hell? Why aren't you putting this team away? And look, we'll see if Trubisky plays or not. I know things are starting to trend in that direction where he's right. kind of when they will see we're looking positive. We don't have all that information yet. Maybe by the end of today, we'll have a, more clarity on it. But I got to tell you, I think the Saints win this football game and find a way again. So, yeah, I think the wrong team is favored in this one, too. Okay, yeah, we'll go ahead. So look, that's a bunch of dogs. There's like four dogs I've already picked there. Uh, you took woof, uh, woof. the Saints, uh-huh. the Chargers, Cardinals. The Cardinals and the Lions and Lions. That's four. Okay, good. So there you go. So you got you a good go. shot this
2: week. Yeah, but I'm going to go head to head against you on this one. I'm going to take the
3: bears. Good.
2: Uh, um, good. Okay. The, the final one is a uh, Cowboys Eagles play. I, I love looking at this staring and taking three from Dallas, but I'm going to be a hard pass on this game man. division game. I think you threw everything out the window. I don't have a clue, but Cowboys. I are minus like, three at
3: the Eagles. I feel like this is a playoff game. Basically, <laughs> because Dallas from a mental standpoint has lost three in a row and that is crushing they lose another game at home no less against the eagles this could really be a problem for them later on the year i think the eagles are just a better football team right now in every look they competed a great deal in that minnesota game at the end of the day minnesota's a tough place to play i think they can go in and beat Dallas. i think the wrong team's favorite here give me the eagles yeah i mean that that's kind of the way that i would lean toward this i just oh gosh i have the eagles smell blood in the water right now and I think the Eagles are a better football team. And the one thing right now, especially with Cooper out of this game, the one thing the Eagles are good at is stopping the run. Fletcher Cox, all those guys up front, they're really good. And I think that if they can contain Ezekiel Elliott enough and make Dak Prescott beat them without Amari Cooper, I think that's a tall ask. I really do. All right, so that is the wrong team favorite segment. Coming up
2: next, our good friend is going to join us here on the show, John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. Talks about college football all the way.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and
2: Joe Pizapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia, and unfortunately Johnny Lobb could not do our show today. But we'll have John back on next week to talk a little college football. And unfortunately, Joe, for me, going into this week. I'm a little bit melancholy, of course, because my Florida Gators did not get the job done at LSU. They were two touchdown underdogs. And on Saturday night, let me kind of break down what happened for you. I'm watching the game, and you can only imagine this, Joe. You've been to events before where uh, you're with your kids or you're doing something and you're having to peek at your phone. Everybody's been there before. But this is the Gators, right? So I'm at last Saturday night. I'm at this uh, this bot mitzvah in Fort Lauderdale. And I decided, OK, look, I'm not going to go crazy with the Gators unless the game is close because you never know how a game can go. So I get my phone out and I start, you know, I pull up the game. I start watching It's Seven, seven, nothing, seven, seven fourteen fourteen, fourteen. We're going back and forth on the game. And then I'm like full out all watching the game live on my phone. You think that's a bad look by me being an event doing that?
3: Uh, is this is family or friends, friends, your friends or the kids, friends kids friends kids friends now it's a perfectly good look you're there you're doing the right thing especially you're giving a gift as long as you aren't watching the game and holding the chair when you're doing the chair thing up and down with the other hand because that's not safe as long as you weren't doing that at the same time I think you're clear I think it's all right Friend, you, friends of your kids and you show up too. that's nice of them to extend the invite but I'm sure deep down you'd rather just drop them off for that party right yeah, I mean, I would have rather watched the game for sure, and and so it
2: got to about the third quarter.
3: Why didn't your wife do you a solid and say, "Hey, don't worry, you stay home oh, watch no, no, the game"? No.
2: no way, no way. No, she wouldn't do that for you. No low at a Saturday night event, no chance. Mm-mm. No, I, I got, I got to, I got to eat it and go. That's all that's right. Really. All what, right. What, 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 what's crazy to me is when people have events. And they don't, and I know it sounds nuts. And, and look, these, these are the biggest times in people's lives. And I get it. But if you're not, a, if you don't have any awareness of football season when you're planning your events, you're making a mistake, especially here in the state of Florida. Because where you are in New Jersey, Joe, look, I understand.
3: Look, Oh, it's the same. Thing. People go crazy. I mean, but football. not on Saturdays there. No, not, not on Saturday. Saturdays. Saturdays here, in the fall like, here, it's fine. Sundays right. in the fall. But here, think, it's like, think about it. If you live in Florida,
2: mm-hmm. in all likelihood, And again, let's say that there's 10 football fans out of 10. How many either went to the University of Miami, the University of Florida, Florida State University? And in all likelihood, at some point, (laughs) those two, right, UCF and USF are not as big a deal.
3: No, but UCF, the last couple of years, they, they, they
2: have been. But there's but the passion from those fans, while it is very while it's very intense, it's very small as compared. To, because okay, remember, fair the University right, right. of Florida has been around for 100 years, Florida State 100 years, Miami right. 70 years. And so there's alumni and there's fans of those. So the first thing that I always check when I'm invited to one of these events is like, what is going on? Like, what what is the event? What am I going to miss? And the good thing is that most people recognize that that they won't have their event on a Sunday for a Dolphins game. I know this year's a little bit different where people don't care nearly as much, but I I was always very surprised and I, and I did cover the Dolphins for many years. I went home and rode with them and home and rode with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I lo- used to look at it a lot more. And now with the invention of, of the phone and being able to watch everything on the phone, it's probably not even as big a deal too, but I just could never believe when people would have events and they would not even consider the fact that there is football. Maybe that's being selfish of me. And there's no like the it wasn't
3: like in a bar restaurant kind of place, right? It was like a it was like just a catering hall. There's no like outside bar where you could like sit there, is, there
2: I've been to those two where that's been available. I've yeah. been to those
3: two, but that's okay. kind of
2: rude to leave the event.
3: It you're is. Locked, you know? But you so you were sitting there on your phone at the table. And what was your wife doing while you're on the phone at the on table? On the dance floor. She was on so here's my thing as a single parent, which I am, your life is going to these events with your kids solo. So what's the big deal? like honestly like if, if this like if she's out of the dance floor anyway and you're not a dance are you a dancing guy craig mish i bet you might be. Uh, I, it depends uh, on the event it depends yeah. i i will definitely oblige but i'm not yeah. like a uh, and back in the day i was a crazy dancer like a but not not anymore you know but like in a cage like when it was like in, in your underwear kind of cage dancer kind of guys like that kind uh, of crazy.
2: yeah i mean when i was younger you know
3: and oh, and, oh boy uh, i, I would, and, and, now, the, I, the, the I the want to know young Craig that, right? Mish. I'd like to know more about this guy. This guy sounds like a like a party, man. Woo. Listen, I, I would
2: I went to North Miami senior high school. I was the homecoming king. You were. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thousands of kids going to school. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Craig. Mish. I was the pep
2: rally committee chairman getting people hyped for the games. Yeah. But then I got old and crusty and
3: that was the end. It's funny because I only and I like old and crossy Craig Mish. Don't get me wrong, but he's pretty much been the guy that I've known for the last decade.
2: That's it. You haven't known me before. Yeah.
3: Even my when my,
2: my wife says the same thing. She's like, I knew you before you, you mellowed out and all that. <laughs> yeah, and She can't believe it when when uh, when there are stories that we have these reunions and then oh, you didn't know him back then. He was wild. He was nuts. Yeah, it's true. Wow, I always I, got I to go to with Vegas school. with you and
3: see if we can get the nah, old I, to show up. I, I don't nah. know. I,
2: in fact, I went last year, uh, a, a buddy of mine, he turned 50 mm-hmm. and he invited me to it wasn't Vegas. So that's true. So let, let's use a quantifier. Vegas, there's nowhere like Vegas. But we did go for a gambling weekend in Biloxi, Mississippi, but it was just all tame. Oh my gambling. god. Did you bring your six shooter? Like what happens there? You guys on a riverboat? <laughs> no, it was cool. They they have um, they have sports betting in Mississippi now. This is before yeah. New Jersey.
3: Sure. So, they were bolo ties and boots and the whole like if you <laughs> there were no bolo tie, Joe. Yeah, sure there weren't. Come to the I south bet you, in, in, in Biloxi, while, Missouri, literally. I can find a guy wearing a bolo tie. I could do it. I bet you yeah. could pull off the bolo tie. You could pull it off. We we
2: went on a sat we went on a Saturday and and stayed for the NFL and then I came back uh, on Monday.
3: I I don't you know at the end of it all, if it's family you don't get on your phone. I think if it's friends you don't get on your phone. The it's your kids' friends and they invite the parents, which is a nice gesture. And it's on a Saturday in Florida and and you cover sports for a living. Let's also keep in mind, you cover sports for a living. This is your livelihood that you support your children and. You make money to then give write a check for your 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 kids friends bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. I think you I think you're in the clear. How do you feel about the Florida Gators uh, this week at South Carolina? Nice big easy.
1: Win I think for them. the
2: gator I think the Gators uh, have a good shot here. South Carolina coming off a huge huge win. There's always that possibility of a letdown, and I, I think Florida still has a lot to play for. They have the SEC East to play for. By the way, the winner between Florida and Georgia, in all likelihood, is going to get a chance to play for the SEC championship. South Carolina now has the win over Georgia. And so South Carolina is in position to to play for the SEC championship. That's always a very big deal in December. So the winner of this game, Joe, uh, is put it this way. If South Carolina beats Florida, South Carolina is going to play in the SEC championship game. Missouri also has an outside shot. But uh, if Florida beats South Carolina and then Florida plays Georgia in the Florida Georgia game, which is coming up uh, in November, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, they call it <laughs> uh, neut- neutral site game between Florida and Georgia in Jacksonville. If the Gators win that when they go. So I, I do like
3: Florida this week. Last week I was like, oh gosh, I mean, well, they were in first half, man. First they half, they look great. Yeah, they look great. Really good no, defensive they, team, for what I've seen. the Defense is really good. What are your What are your feelings about uh, number twelve Oregon at number twenty five Washington? Because I think a lot of people kind of split on this one. It seems like from a pick standpoint. Uh, yeah, I I thought Washington
2: would lay flat after coming off a loss against Stanford, but they went into Arizona and crushed them. Uh, Oregon has not been probably as good as some people thought going into the season, but. Uh, my lean probably would be. I, I still don't think Washington's as good as they have been in years past, so I probably would lead Oregon
3: in this. All one. right. Uh, can Temple upset SMU? Because I know Temple has. I, I, I would have to, to look more
2: into that to obviously okay. have an
3: educated opinion there. Um, does anybody is anybody paying
2: any attention, Joe, to Rutgers football up there as to what's going
3: Uh No, no. It's funny because I the the kid. Uh, Arthur Sikowski, who was playing quarterback off and on for them the last two years, he actually is from my high school where I went to school in Jersey. Is and the, the quarterback coach, you quit or no? Uh, oh, did he? Qu- no, this is the quarterback that got punched in the head by his lineman a couple weeks ago. I don't know if he quit after that. But, well, their
2: they're starting quarterback and starting running back both pulled that same story that Houston did earlier in the season, decided not to play the rest of the season. It wasn't. I'm
3: going to have to look this up, but it wasn't. Zikowski. Yeah, take a look. Take a look.
2: Yeah. Uh, Rutgers, uh, they fired their head coach, their quarterback and running back both decided to not play the rest of the year. They're trying to convince them to stay at Rutgers. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't scored a point since. It so doesn't. I lost 35. I nothing. Him, it
3: doesn't say that, you know, I don't see anything about him not do like no, not they, haven't, they didn't
2: score a point last week against Indiana. They're 28 point underdogs this week at home. There are some places that aren't even taking bets on Rutgers anymore. This is how bad it's gotten. Oh, no, it is him.
3: Don't blame Arthur Sikowski for looking out for himself. But this was something this kid always did. He says he's contemplating redshirting. I guess this is two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So he actually did it. So here's the thing about this kid. He was he brought them to a state championship. And the the head coach is a guy I used to play baseball with, who also was the quarterback of our football team in high school. And uh, good dude. uh, He's been coached there for about 10 years now. And he lost this kid. His, this was He was like a sophomore by the time we, they got to the state championship game. I think they lost, but the kid left to go down to one of those prep schools down by you in Florida in the Miami area. And he ended up, you know, I guess coming back to New Jersey or to, to Rutgers, I guess things didn't work out as well as he thought they might have. But it seems like this kid has always kind of had it uh, in for himself Uh, because I guess he didn't think they threw the ball enough to showcase him as a quarterback in New Jersey where he was. So he had to go to the prep school.
2: The the end result is we're looking at one of the worst teams ever in college football. They play Minnesota this week. Yeah, they're going to get pwned. It's 28. (laughs) I believe the line is uh, is 28. And then, of course, uh, big game this week also between Michigan and Penn State. Penn State is nine and a half point favorites in this one. So
0: I would would imagine Penn
2: State wins
3: that one handily, right? Yeah, I mean you never know. It's the big town. Michigan's not always good. This year. is it. This is probably the the last hurrah for Harbaugh there. This is probably it. Well, it's funny, you know, going back to Rutgers real quick too, when Shiana was there, there was this yeah, sense there was that a lot was of becoming positivity. a thing. There's yeah. a lot of positivity. And I could tell you, they they built a new stadium around that time. It was hot and the new stadium's only like twenty minutes from my house. And yet I have never been. Never been there. I've never been to a college football game, period, in my entire life. I'd wow. like to go. Yeah. Um, no one will take me. I, I don't know <laughs> why, but I, <laughs> I'd like to go. But I would like to experience what that is. Uh, a, a real, not like, and that's what I feel like. I was like, well, I don't want to go to Rutgers for my first college football. I want to go to, like, Penn State or, you know, go to one of these, like, storied colleges and and experience what that is. But there was a time here where it was getting really hot, and then Shiano left to go to the NFL, I want to say, right? I almost, It's Tampa Bay. Tampa, right? And then um, it just died. It The program kind of died with him, which is funny because there were a ton of kids that got funneled from there to the Patriots over a couple of years there. They, they were very Rutgers happy in terms of drafting. Yeah, one time they yeah. ate kids from Rutgers on their roster. So I don't know what went on there or why these things go awry, but why is that? Do you have any insight of why programs start to go in the uptick and then one guy leaves and they can't continue it on? Is it well, that it's, it's, much about the one yeah, guy?
2: Yeah, the coaches. Well, the what happens is is... Uh, a, a you just coach. lose out on recruiting right when that's that guy the key. leaves that is the key yes what happens is is that when it's by surprise a lot of the kids uh don't honor their commitment and they go to other places and then a new coach has to come in and say whoa, whoa, whoa you know please don't leave it usually doesn't work and it can set a program back years and years that's a very big part of it now if it's one of the main schools like the bigger schools then it's usually not a problem but as a good example. Here in the state of Florida, Joe, you would take a look at perennially, one of the best teams in the country is Florida State, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jimbo Fisher was the head coach at FSU, and he left to go at Texas A&M, and they have been a disaster ever since then. And so some of it's coaching. A lot of it is recruiting, though. These kids who are five-star recruits, they get a promise from a coach, and then the coach bails on them they feel like they've been disowned so to speak and so uh, you know and you know what happens immediately after that a lot of the coaches they start calling hey look what happened your guy who said he was gonna be there he's not there and then that's it and then that's part of it all right that's our college football discussion for today believe it or not Coming up next, we'll have the best of the first hour of the show and then coming up uh, in hour number two, we'll dive back into some fantasy football, some props on tonight's Thursday night NFL game and plenty more to come. You're listening to Craig Mish and Joe Zapia here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe Pizzapia.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Giants minus three versus the Cardinals. There's no home field advantage clearly in this game because they're giving the Giants... Uh, They're telling you that it's minus three. That's what you get for being the home team. Giants minus three against Arizona is the wrong team favored in this game.
3: Yes, I think the wrong team is favored. I think the Cardinals are starting to play a little bit more, some confidence there. I think Patrick Peterson coming back is going to be a, a, is, is a good positive trend for that defense. I could certainly use some more talent on it. So that's a positive. Now you're getting Saquon back too. But I'm curious to see how effective he's going to be in this game and how much they will push him out of the gate. My guess is if he's on the field, it's going to be regular Saquon. But I do believe in Kyler Murray's ability to make plays, and I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. So even though I think the Giants could squeak out a W here in a close game, I do think that the Cardinals will cover. So there you go. There's your underdog right off the bat. There mat. it is, like right that. off the bat, plus three. Man, okay. I feel so yeah. much pressure. God, you're such a bully. You're, points, to- you're a points bully. You're a betting bully. I do agree. I tend to agree. I think the Cardinals are a, a shot at this one.
2: Oh. On both, yeah. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio, Craig Misch, fantasy sports today.